0: Good evening, Pipers and drummers of the world. This is Andrew Douglas coming to you from Piper's Dojo Studios in sunny, not sunny, cloudy Albany, New York. And uh, with me this evening is the illustrious Vin Janowski
1: from Icy New (laughs) New Jersey. Um, How is it going down in New Jersey? It's, it's very cold, and everything's frozen. Um, <clears throat> that's interesting.
0: We have a lot of snow. That's about it. Um, before we get too deep into things, uh, just a reminder about the little console that you have, uh, or you should have, on your screen. Uh, there's a couple things you can do to interact, and we want to encourage lots of interaction. Uh, there's the raise your hand button, which is a little hand. And if you raise it, It'll let us know to unmute your microphone and uh, allow you to uh, sort of call in with a question um, and interact with us sort of live. And then the other option is there should be a question uh, or a chat window for you to uh, interact via typing. So uh, please uh, use those to interact with us if you have any questions as things are going along. So uh, tonight, the topic of the evening is pretty much all about solo competing and we're going to start with um if you have never competed before that you have to know uh to get on uh to get on and registered and so on and so forth so vin do you want to like uh kind of dive in here
2: yeah i think um you know i think as we go along hopefully we'll cover you know how to prepare leading up to competitions as well as how to conduct yourself on games day. So hopefully we'll get all of that in the course of the hour. But um, I guess if you want to, you know, why would you want to compete? I guess would be a question that
1: um, if you could answer that first. I mean, that could give people sort of a, uh, a
2: way to start thinking about their own experiences or something. I mean, what would you say are the benefits of competing?
0: I don't know. That's it's a very what? interesting question. I think for me, it's that's about the money, you know. Uh, and and uh, about the fame and uh, it's music, Always about the glory. Music comes third or fourth down the list, generally speaking. But uh, perhaps there are some people out there who can tell us other potential reasons.
2: Right. I think, and, and as we go along, I would I would encourage everybody to to raise your hand and sort of think about your own experience. Feel free to share whatever you think. Uh, you know, you want to talk about.
0: Like here's um here's Mary Wallace has her hand up and she's an experienced competitor perhaps she will uh, fill us in here. Hey Mary, are you there?
3: Yeah, I'm. Am, I am Andrew. Thanks for putting this on. Thank you too, Vince.
0: <laughs> hey Mary, um, tell us a I little guess, bit about like uh, tell us about why you compete.
3: I think it's for my own sense of personal growth in a way that. It it kind of keeps me on task as far as giving me a goal is as, as far as as far as practicing and and allowing me to go back and and correct um, correct possible mistakes and as well as just to get myself out there and, and play. Even though I think it's changing, it seems that competition is the only way that piping manages to to survive at least on this side of the pond. Although it it is changing, I think.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, that's a great point because I think, you know, one of the things about piping, backpiping, I would think anywhere, is that there's so few opportunities to actually get out there and play in front of people, whoever, whoever they are. If you're not playing at a funeral somewhere or a wedding, you know, there's very few opportunities to actually, you know, play music that we all like, right? Um, so that's definitely one way of doing that.
0: It's interesting. In it's interesting because um, you could play, you could say – Like, you could go to church or something and play your pipes, and most people would listen to it. But I think uh, where the frustration and the problem with that is, the vast majority of the time, uh, your audience has no idea, you know, or isn't in touch with what you're trying to achieve. And I think the competition platform gives you um, guaranteed one person who really knows about piping and really has an idea of what you're trying to achieve, and they're giving you um, feedback. Which I think exactly. I think exactly. you know for Pipers, it's different than, uh, than Dave Matthews or something you know who uh, he has a huge audience of people who are well studied on his material. Uh, for bagpipers, it's not quite like that. I mean we have a community, and uh, we need to get together with our community in order to uh, play for an audience thats that's excited. Um, so, exactly. so what else do you think, Mary anything else?
3: Not that I can think of it at the moment. I mean, fame, certainly money hasn't come yet. So (laughs) working on that, working on that bit.
0: Well, you know, uh, if I ever have anything to say about it, you know, uh, you know, you know,
2: eventually we'll get to those gilded pledge someday. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, thanks very much, Mary, for contributing that. And be sure to uh, uh, let us know and chime in later on about other topics. Okay. Thanks. Anybody else out there have insight as to why we could be okay?
2: Yeah. Well, well, I think well, I guess once you've established what you know, why you want to do it, um, you know, how do you do it? I guess so. I guess you know, the first thing you do is actually think about you know where you're going to go and how you're going to do this, right?
0: Yes. Um, okay. Bo- the bottom line is uh, all solo competitions in our area. Are are generally sanctioned by the EOSPBA, which is the governing uh, association that oversees pretty much now all the piping on the East Coast of the United States, and it goes inland a little bit too. Um, I, I'm sure most of you are aware of that. And uh, the website for the EOSPBA is euspba.org. And on the site, you can find all sorts of interesting things about the association and what goes on. Basically, they oversee competitions for soloists and for bands. And uh, I think Pat's going to dig up some links to put up on the Facebook wall. Uh, the Piper's Dojo Facebook wall is facebook.com slash Piper's Dojo. So if you're looking for some links to um, the various resources that we're going to talk about here. Uh, go ahead over to the site there. Um, Basically, what you want to do, the first step is to register as a member of the USPBA, and it's very reasonably priced. I think as long as you get your registration in before... What's the date, Vin? Do you know?
2: Well, I think it's... Well, it's before
1: January 1st, and then you need to pay after that. um, Okay, so it's
2: before... uh, uh, Gosh, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. I don't know how much it is
0: <laughs> it's thirty i think it's thirty before January first, be so at this point it would actually be forty, 40 years, yeah so forty per year but but uh it's not too bad, considering um you know there are some perks you get the voice magazine, which is like a big deal and um <clears throat> you know and by a big deal i mean uh there's a lot of a lot of excellent pipers that contribute cool articles and so on and so forth. And then uh, you also are then registered as a competitor to compete at all the different events. Once you're registered in the EUSPBA, uh, it takes, I don't know, it's like a week or two turnaround generally. Uh, Once you're registered, you can then use your uh, competitor number to register for various competitions. And you can find all the different competitions that go on in the EUSPBA on the website, uh, on the calendar sort of section. and the ones that are in your area, you can sign up for, as long as they
1: uh, fit your schedule. Does that? Sound, did I miss anything there? Uh, I think that's
2: about it. Yeah, I think uh, I think the scheduling is a, is a big deal. Um, I think the use for your calendar is, is pretty updated, um, even from early, even from the earliest dates. So, I mean, one of the things that anybody needs to keep in mind if they're going out into competition is that these games and festivals that host the solo and band competitions are pretty much every the same weekend, every year. Um, very little, very few changes. Um, year. so, you know, for purposes of travel planning and, and things of that, it's very easy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think generally speaking, uh, there's a definite circuit that goes on and every now and then, especially in the spring, there could be little, little things here and there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Pat was just saying that you can actually add events to the calendar as well. If you, if you want to run an Mm -hmm. event or
2: um, it
0: it might not go up immediately, it might have to be reviewed, but uh, there is a little Mm -hmm. forum on the site to do that. And um, we actually know a little something about that um, in the Orn Moore pipe in for the past few years, we've been running sanctioned solo contests in January and February, which, um, turns out, isn't that hard. You got to have like, a few volunteers to work on the score sheets and so on and so forth. But um, if you're interested in organizing a solo event, pretty much anybody can do it if they felt so inclined. And of course, um, I think the more, the merrier, and the more opportunities there are to play, um, the better.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, uh, some of the big ones, uh, some of the big ones during the year. <clears throat> Um, there's the, I'm not sure if it's still called the EOS PBA championship, but there's the Altamont games here in the Capital district area of New York, where, um uh, there's a huge population of people that turn out. Um, what else is there? There's Loon Mountain, which is a pretty big turnout.
2: Yeah, pretty big. Uh, the Colonial Highland Gathering in Newark, Delaware has always been a pretty big
0: uh, yeah.
2: festival as well.
0: That's usually a week or two before Memorial Day. That one is. Right,
2: right, in May. Um, um but as far as, you know, as far as general size and scope, um, there are very few of them these days. There's, uh, you know, there's those that we just mentioned, but, and maybe a few others scattered about the seaboard, you know, down in, uh, Grandfather Mountain, um, down south and Stone Mountain down in Georgia. Um, these, I think, are fairly large as well. But, you know, geography being what it is, you know, there's it's, a heavy commitment if you're going to be going to those games.
0: Definitely. And and a lot of us realistically are going to go wherever our band goes. And generally speaking, most band contests also have solo contests in the morning. So, uh, um, <clears throat> that's always dictated my schedule. And then maybe I've added a few in here or there to get points. Um, so that's, okay. those are the basics about how to get signed up before we move on. Does anyone have any, any questions about that particular part of the process? Uh, I'll give you a few seconds here to see
1: if anyone pops their hand up or anything.
2: Yeah, and I guess you know what you know. In case anyone is not familiar with with the process, News Media does um, award points uh, for prizes in solo in sanctioned solo competitions, which add up toward you know over the season and you know end up with a, a final standing. So there is a sort of a, a final a final award, as it were, at the end of all of it. Um, depending on how many competitions you intend to go
1: through over the course of the season.
0: Cool. Yeah, the points points can be a big deal, especially if you're trying to get upgraded to the next level. Uh, Points are good. Although also, um, you you know, uh, above grade level rankings and so on and so forth are also uh, kind of important. Then let's go on to... This will be a little bit more interesting, and it would appear based on the list that most of the people here have competed once or twice. So let's go into, and we'd love to I'd love to see some hands for people to discuss, uh, what's the best way, once you get to the games and you're ready to do your thing, what's the best way to go about it? What's the routine? What are some tips and tricks about, uh, you know, when you get to the games, how to set yourself up for the best possible performance? Um Vin, uh you, you've got some thoughts. I know you did a post on Pipe Hacker this week about it. Unless maybe Vin might be having some
1: connection problems. Sounds like sounds like maybe he yeah, I think, you know. I feel- Hey, Vin, go ahead.
0: Uh, he's cutting it It's an uh, important, an important tactic. I think Vinza uh, might be a lost cause uh, for yeah, a second better. here. Um, hey, Mary, why don't you go ahead again here? Uh, Mary, tell me about okay. uh, your routine when you get to the games.
3: Um, one of the things I like to do is I like to get there early. Um, one to help out other students and two, just to get a general scope of the games area to see where, um, where competitions are set up, who's, who's got what judging stations and where, and also just to familiarize, to, to familiarize myself with the stewards for each event, for each judge, just to kind of put my mind at ease is so that I know where everything is. And also just maybe about like an hour or two before I play, just pull the pipes out and just give it just a quick flow. Like, you know, just two or th- two or three minutes, just to kind of put my mind at ease that everything is there. I don't have any last minute emergency things that may come up, say, you know, read fails or last minute hemping or whatnot. And then, as I said, you know, once I've gotten that done, I go around and help students and keep track of the time and see if I'm up first, on my events, and if there's an event before me, I'll check in with the steward to see how far along they are to, until I have to go warm up. It's, I try if it's local enough. I tend to come dressed, but if not, you know, that also allows me enough time to to get changed in a kit
0: too. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. <clears throat> it's funny because I, I'm totally with you as far as um, <clears throat> definitely. As soon as I get there, I want to get my pipes out and make sure everything's working. Um, and then, and then, like you say how long how long do you give it before uh you know so let's say you're on at a certain time? How long is your warm up routine and and kind of you know how do you structure it
3: um If I'm there with the band, I try to keep my warm up at at a minimal knowing that I have to play again in the afternoon, so I try not to play more than like more than about forty five minutes or an hour before I have to go on. It's kind of hard to do when think when events are spread out and whatnot, but I try to gauge everything around around a forty five minute to an hour time frame
1: yeah um for me, it's pretty
0: much the same way um i try um i try to keep it um uh, as short as possible but as you know but long enough that I can get into the zone and so it it tends yeah. to be um, it tends to be I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes usually. Um, but then there's also that little session when I first get there to make sure everything's working well. Um, <clears throat> let's see how Vin's doing here. Cause I know he has some input. Um, oh, Vin, can you go ahead and see if it works?
1: Is it anything better? It seems a little bit better. A little bit. <laughs> well, <sighs> It
0: seems like it seems like it's good until until you want to talk. No, it's still not uh still not sounding quite right. We've got a failure to communicate. <laughs> who else out there, uh who else out there has a routine that they'd be willing to share with us? Anybody?
1: Any hand raises? Vin, any luck over there in Internet Connection Land? Apparently not. Okay. Yeah. Here's a
0: good question just kind of in the meantime. And uh, uh, hopefully Vin will come back in eventually here. we got a question from Mike Yearsley about um, facing fear and learning to play while terrified. Um, that's pretty, that's a pretty interesting question. Um, one of the things I would ask, and it'd be interesting to see if Mike would be willing to uh, raise his hand and call in, but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to ask, you know, why are you terrified in the first place? Um. Oh yeah, there's Mike. Okay. Hey, Mike, how's it going?
4: Hey, what's up, Andrew?
0: So uh, tell me a little bit more about this, like, um, because I think it's pretty common. And then, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know,
4: feeling kind of anxious about competing. Um, Well, I mean, it's, it's both solo competition and band competition. Whenever I, whenever I get close to competing, I always get super nervous. And I'm not sure, I, I think it's because I want to do the best possible job. So the more I want to do good, the worse I do. So I'm not sure. I think last time I played in front of a judge solo, I kind of freaked out and I, it really in, impacted the way I did. And I thought to myself, is it better to try not to be nervous or is it better just to learn how to play while I'm nervous? So I was kind of interested to see what you had to say about that.
2: Yeah, n- nerves are like one of the one of the the, the toughest things to to deal with. I think, um, you know, and they're and as far as like learning how to play with them, I, I think your 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 goal is to not have them to begin with. So you're going to have to start. I mean, and this is like a whole. I've tried I've tried just about every technique there is to to alleviate those those butterflies or that panic feeling or any of that all of that stuff, and you know, part of that it becomes um, a, a whole process, like the whole week leading up to the games. You know, it's it becomes like a way of feeling comfortable, knowing you're prepared, being confident in your in your in your playing and your preparation. And then when you get there, to actually you know, and as I said in the, the post that I wrote, ritualize the things that you do, so you're not frantically running around the grounds looking for where you need to be, um, all this stuff. Like you just sort of you know. No, you know, have a plan when you get there of what you're going to do. And, and, and hopefully, you know, thinking about the details of the contest will come later when you're actually sitting in front of the judge, you know, and, and, and if that's the time where you're panicking, then yeah, you're going to have to try and uh, work with that. But, um, I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a whole process. It's not just like, you know, you know, a 10 minute thing that you deal with, the, you know, the day, you know, the, at the time you're right there, um, it's like a whole thing that leads up to it. So i 've done everything short of taking beta blockers
0: <laughs> it's it 's pretty interesting i mean i and I know some people um <clears throat> who do who or who have taken beta blockers uh from time to time, which is pretty interesting um I remember a lot of times especially some of every um every now and then uh playing with s f u which was a high high pressure situation at times uh basically uh which is it, it, not all the time actually. You'd be surprised. It's like usually some random games where, where Jack and Terry decided to turn up the the heat and and uh, you know, get getting every, getting everyone's grill about playing really well and you know really trying to put people under pressure. Um, and I can remember Alan Devin, who, um, uh, you know, I became pretty close friends with while I was there. He was big on the on the uh, visualization technique, which basically involves um, practicing. Um, when, when you practice visualizing that you're actually um, in the high pressure situation. So, so in the band it was, uh, whenever we were at band practice and we did a march into a circle and played an MSR, um, you visualize that you're in, you're at the World Pipe Band Championships and you know, uh, sort of old, old scary looking judges. Although you know they're not all old and scary. As a matter of fact, not that many of them. See, this is I don't want this to get out. That I'm a little bit scared sometimes. But that being said, uh, to visualize that and to practice, to practice being, to practice being a little bit scared is good. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're well practiced and well rehearsed, you your adrenaline should uh, play a positive effect on your performance and not a negative effect. So
2: I think it's a matter of feeling like you're ready, you know, in all ways, like you can handle anything that's thrown at you, which of course is like,
0: it's a pretty tall order to reach that point. Um, It's pretty, it's pretty, I'm still trying to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, I I would say, I would say there have been a few occasions where I feel like uh, I was at that point. Um, Certainly, certainly uh, with the, when, you know, playing with SFU. We, we almost always felt like we were at that point um, by the time that we got to Scotland and, and started to prepare the Week of the Worlds. N- not necessarily yeah. <laughs> always, but most of the time we were very confident to the point where when you get to the line, you're you're feeling pumped and you're excited about – about how well uh, you're going to play rather than worrying about all the things that could go wrong and whether or not you're going to screw it up and um, it all has to do with preparation and and you can spend you can spend thirty five hours a day uh practicing and um if you're not practicing the right way or if you're thinking about uh, if you're thinking about the wrong things um, you know even though yeah. you put in, even though you put in the time so to speak, you can still end up on the competition field sort of uh floundering exactly but i
2: I think in a lot of ways it becomes a matter of uh you know like like i said if you're you're trying to prepare for about just about anything that can be thrown at you most times you're going to encounter situations where not a whole lot is thrown at you so you're you're more than capable of dealing with it and and you you know what you find is really that by by that overcompensating i guess you want to call it that um you know in your mind whether it's through visualization or some other thing you know when you actually get there it's not so bad, <laughs> you know it's a and it's and 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 it goes pretty well because you know what this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know, because I envisioned something a lot worse
0: or something <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i mean does that uh, what do you think there Mike any thoughts
4: no that that's great advice um, I mean, I guess sometimes the best thing to do for me is to go do solo competition and totally bomb it. Because then I've overcome the fear and the adrenaline. I'm used to it. And then when I go do band competition, everything's fine. So that's another thing that helps me. but I, I, usually, what I, what
2: I usually make sure I, pa- I can pack. And even when I'm not very active, I make sure I at least throw in you know, three solo contests. And for a while there, I was doing like three solo contests a season for, for a bit of time. And it was only by the, the third one that I actually felt comfortable. And I think that's, that's an important element too. It's like that momentum you get from just doing it more yeah, frequently you know um and you just you know the more you do it you know it becomes like gold hat you just show up and you walk up and you give your tune and then off you go and
4: uh and you're not so worried about it anymore because it's just so familiar
0: um uh, mike do you ever tape
4: record yourself when you practice uh i have been doing that i use my uh, computer and a uh, program called audacity so i've, I've done that a lot um and that does help because you ha- you do get some kind of adrenaline trying to make the recording as best it can be. And it's kind of the same thing you're trying to do for the judge. So yeah. I have tried that and it does work. Let me uh let me
0: let me suggest a variation on that. Um which you may already be doing, but one thing I'd recommend, uh taping yourself is all well and good. But one of the ways that you can uh that you can do some visualization and help yourself get over nerves is to set a time. Like let's say Let's say you're going to practice from 7 to 8 o'clock um, to set a time. At 7.45, I'm going to play my 2-4 March for my tape recorder and only give yourself one shot at it. And then, um, and then no matter how it goes, send it off to your teacher or to another player that you respect um, and ask them to critique it for you. Um, that, you know, And that will get you nice and nervous.
4: That's yeah my, that sounds like a good idea I'm gonna try that
0: um and and that's really good is is to say um to set set a deadline and and visualize so pretend you're at the games and uh you're competing in forty five minutes and then actually compete at seven forty five press record and go and um uh you you may find that that it helps you get used to um um nerves a little bit you know uh
4: Every, yeah, sounds good. Thanks guys.
0: Every now and then we do that in the band as well. We'll have a we'll have a practice where we say uh Eric and I'll get together and we'll say, "All right, let's let's uh pretend uh we're at the line at this time." And so we get to practice our routine and as Vince was saying, there's a little bit of ritual there too maybe to get yourself psyched up and then um uh, and then go for it. Um we got Nate Walgren here with his hand up. Let's see what Nate's up to tonight. How's it going Nate? Good,
1: Andrew. How are you? Pretty and good. Then, hey, guys. Um, about uh, Mike's comments about, about playing while nervous or playing through the nerves, um, I, you guys you guys definitely touched on it, and I think preparation is, is one of the biggest things. Um, every competition I've ever done where I've gone in where I wasn't 100% sure about my tunes that, you know, like, man, I, I'm solid on this tune, it ended up being a very lackluster performance. And so you really, you know, just being just being practiced is um, that, that's a really big factor. And also, especially at the at when I was first starting off, um, playing through the nerves was one of the things that I really used to psych myself up. And that's one of the reasons that I that I competed because you know I it not as competing against other people, but as competing against myself. If I can come if I can overcome the nerves and get through this then, you know, I, I won, I, I beat myself today. And, and in a, in a good that, way, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but when you can do that and you overcome the nerves and um, you come off and say, man, that was a really good performance. That, that is a rush. There is uh there's not
0: much that beats that as a lot of fun. Yes. I com- I concur 100%. Yeah.
2: Andrew, you, you ever, you, have you ever used your tuning time for, to calm yourself when, when you're sort of feeling a little bit nervous? I mean, I, I mean I, this is one of the things that I, you know, that was a, it's a tactic I, I tend to use now, too. Like, and, it's, and it comes back to this whole, whole ritualization thing is, you know, what do you do with your tuning time? You know, that, that was a couple of minutes before the judge, before you actually have to, you know, walk off with your tune. Um, you know, how do you use that time?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting question. For me, I, uh, I do a couple of things with my tuning time. And I, and I think uh, this could be a good segue into tuning time in general. Um, but we'll start with, uh, um, hey, Nate, your mic's still on, so if you want to ch- chime in, go ahead. I see your hand's up there. Okay. Um, but uh, I was going to say that um, tuning time, yes, definitely, it's highly ritual, for example. Uh, I usually play uh, two full slow airs during my tuning time. As, well, and especially for longer sets like p you want to make sure um, you don't necessarily have to go down to the line, but you want to make sure you play a couple solid minutes uh, to to settle in your pipe. And also, um, I play nice, e- extremely easy slow airs. Um, it helps me. It helps me get pumped about my instrument and about how good it sounds. Um, if I <laughs> if I don't like the sound of my instrument. Um, I don't play well. It's definitely a thing with me. I'm kind of a, kind of, I'm a bit of a brat that way. Um, I don't like to practice. I don't like to play. Um, I don't like to even think about piping unless my instrument sounds really rich and full and, you know, kind of makes the fillings, uh, uh, in your teeth rattle a little bit. Like that's the sound I want. And so, um, hopefully uh, when i get when I get on the boards in front of the judge, my pipe is humming pretty good. You know it may need to be tweaked. the drones may need to be tweaked here or there a little bit, but i 'm going for a great sound and then and then I try to enjoy it a little bit as my my pipes sort of the, they 're going to increase in pitch slightly when you get on the boards um, and you want to just kind of let them totally settle into that that sweet spot um, and I use my slow airs to calm myself and to get my pipe in tune and then, uh, then I go for it try not to uh try not to screw it up
2: yeah i like the, I like the slow areas only because um for for me, it's like a way of getting the mind in the fingers so it it reorients your focus away from all those things that could actually make you nervous and and self destruct you know it it sort of puts your put your mind in and and focuses you on your own playing and hopefully you know generate the confidence that you you do have and you know you have about your own playing um and 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 put it there and keep it there you know. Yeah, it's
1: um, that's good, Nate. What do you think? Oh, he said, yeah, "Go ahead and mute um, me." But okay, go ahead, Nate. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, that's 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 about right. Um, you know, as far as virtualizing your tuning time, uh, the idea with your preparation is to make it, you know, to make it the same every time. And if you practice that, then um, you know, when you actually get up on the boards, it, it's going to be. You know, it's going to be much more comfortable. Uh, for a while, I was playing tunes while I was warming up in front of the judge that I hadn't played in since the last time I played for a judge. And uh, you know, I kind of caught myself on that, and, and I, I think the results were the results were better. You know, take take as much time as you need, um, but you know, you should definitely have a uh, definitely have a routine for it. And another thing. It, is I've been in this situation a couple of times, and after fiddling around with my drones for a while, I realized you know what I can fiddle with them for another hour, but they're just really not going to tip. So at some point, you kind of have to uh, cut your losses and just just go for it.
0: Yeah. What What is the point where you should cut your losses? I have an opinion on this, but I wanted to see Vin or Nate if you have like how long how long should you uh, tune your drones for?
2: I, you know, I, I generally, I, like, I think the two or three minute big mark was, is a pretty good one. You know, like you said, like you play a couple of slow airs um, before you even touch anything and then, you know, then you start tweaking, um, hopefully, and, and if your pipe is settled and the weather isn't, you know, sabotaging your efforts, um, you know, things should come together pretty easily, I think. Um, but, so there's, there are always those times where they don't, right? There's, you no know, just whatever you do, and for whatever reason, it's just everything you do, every shift you make, or every you know, every minute that goes by, things are changing even more, and, and you just can't get it. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think you know at that point, you know, I think it's you know as you do it too, you get a sense of how how long you've taken, and and whether or not you should take longer, and if it's going to do you any good. Like Nate said, I think I think we all have that sort of instinct in our in our in our heads that you know, you know what it's time to go.
0: Yeah. Let me, um, I'm going to present two opinions now. Number one is my deep down radical opinion. This is, this is going to be fresh people. Um, deep down radical opinion. I don't like tuning whatsoever for solo events. Um, I think in the ideal world, you would tune up your pipes. Uh, maybe you would submit your tunes ahead of time so that you didn't have to, you know, your pipes didn't have to get cold while you introduce yourself to the judge. But then ultimately, um, I'd like to see people just kind of step up and start playing. And uh, well, because you know, I think that. Well, it, I used, to, I used
2: it's, to go for it, man. I, to, I would just like go up, <coughs> tweak a couple things, make sure they're good, and then just go.
0: It's one of know? those things, you know. Like, it's one of those things where, well, you have the tuning time, so you'd be silly not to use it. But uh, I personally think they should get rid of it. And just, you know, because that would make it imagine A, the sanity of the judge, and B, the likelihood of generating some sort of audience would be much greater without, um, you know, equal parts high A to actual. Yeah, because
2: because then you have this constant flow of people coming and going and playing, and and there's activity there, which, you know, in, in, in most of the games, you know, your competitor walks up, they play for seven minutes, and then, you know, they're gone, and then there's nobody there for a good 10 as the judge writes, and the steward finds the next competitor, and, you know, and there's just nothing happening, you know, so yeah, you're right about that, you know, just have this constant flow of people playing.
0: Then you'd learn a lot about your bagpipe, if that was the rule. I I feel like tuning time, tuning time helps us ignore uh, some of the real issues that are going on. Uh, yeah, you know,
2: and I think if you've used that time between competitors too, like, you know, there is that lag time, right. Between, you know, judge score writing and all that other stuff, you know, and if you've used that time, if you're conscious of it and you use it and you tune your pipe before you even walk up to the table, you know, you should be ready to go.
0: Yeah, Um, and I think that's, anyways, that's my radicalized opinion. My more realistic opinion is as follows. Um, and this comes from a little bit of experience judging and, uh, uh, you know, and definitely some experience playing uh in Scotland and so on and so forth and, and for some big judges, it's really important that you don't tune up too long um, my in My general opinion with you know the way that it currently works, which is that you're allowed three minutes to tune up for a contest, and you may be allowed four for a pabro um but my personal opinion on the matter is um you should never tune for more than half the time that you're going to be actually playing. For example, you know, your standard solo MSR is roughly four minutes in length. Um, therefore tuning any longer than two minutes is overkill. Uh, if you can't get your pipes in in two minutes, um, you know, so that they'll stay in tune for four minutes, uh, you probably need to reevaluate, um, your tuning technique and your blowing and your setup. Um, to go over two minutes, I think, you know, like, think about it, to spend almost as long tuning as you do actually performing. Um, I don't mm. know. I, I think that makes people a little bit grumpy. Now p on the other hand, use the full three or four minutes. That's fine. Especially if you're playing a longer tune, one of the, one of the worst things ever. And of course it's not such a big deal in grade four and even in grade three, but uh, when you're judging, let's say the grade two, jig contest a jig takes one minute to play yet yet a lot of the players, especially in grade two because because uh you, you know pretty much everyone in grade two has some idea of how to tune their pipes, but it's not a totally refined skill yet um, mostly refined, but probably not totally, but there's nothing worse than listening to three minutes of tuning for a sixty second jig <laughs> it's 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 disastrous I think uh um, I think one minute is overdoing it, um, but maybe it maybe it takes you a full minute to get things in tune, for which I think that's forgivable. But uh, if if uh, of course in professional you generally don't play jigs, it's usually a hornpipe and jig. But um, if I'm going to play a hornpipe and jig, which which takes about two minutes, uh, I really don't tune up long for that contest. Another example is like the six-eight contest, two six-eights, two minutes. Tuning longer than a minute is overkill. Um, I don't know. That's my opinion. And, and yeah, it, I,
2: well, I think I think again that's that's where knowledge of your own bagpipe and uh, is it's essential. You know, you have to know what that pipe is going to do in those two minutes, and you have to know, you know, over the four minutes that you play your MSR, what's going to happen to your instrument sound, and you know, and and and, and accommodate for that. You know, um, so if you're ready to go, you know, yeah, I would say go for it. You know. <laughs> You just go up, get up there, and go for it, you know, um, if your pipe can handle it. You know, you don't want the pipe going wildly out of tune in three and a half minutes. Suddenly, you know, you bring your reel, and, you know, everything's going out of whack.
0: Yeah, does anyone have any questions about uh, tuning before perhaps we move on to other issues? Um, What do we want to talk about next here, Vin? Uh, One of the things um, which might be interesting is to hear, you know, how people prepare for solo events.
2: So, yeah, you mean like leading up to the games, like you've got a game's coming up
0: on
1: a weekend and, uh, you know, you want to be good.
0: Yeah, like, so what's the game plan? Like, how do people prepare? Um, I'd love to hear some people. (laughs) I see a lot of people, like, uh, leaving the, Leaving the window. Okay, here's Mary. Let's Mary. We'll bring Mary Wallace back on. Um, I'm thinking some of my own students are who are in attendance should tell us how they prepare. <clears throat> Mary Lemire. Okay, Mary Wallace, tell us tell us the the routine.
3: Um, meaning like on the off season preparation, or just like say if you've got a contest coming up the next weekend or. For yeah, all of
2: it, like that. yeah. Like you got, you know, you've got a contest, say in a weekend, and you know, and you know, so you've got like you know, ten, ten days, seven days before.
0: What I'd, are you doing? I'd like to hear a little bit about the off season, actually, and then, uh, and then tell us what happens as you get closer.
3: Um, in the off season, what I, I what I do is I spend maybe about a month just going through and reviewing technique and and working on that and just doing some technique exercises, and then um, I pull out the music that I'm going to play for the, you know, that I've decided that I'm going to play for the upcoming season. And a lot of that I spend about, you know, I spend some time gradually picking up the tempo to full speed so that I can work on tempo, tempo control and technique at the same time. And then I put in like the fine, I don't really think about putting in the fine things like, you know, phrasing expression and execution until about phrasing expression, mostly until about like a month before, um my first contest once once I start once my first contest is on I don't spend a lot of time memorizing until like two weeks before like about 10 days before I go on because by the time I have to memorize things it's sort it's sort of it's already become second nature to me I it's just sort of an afterthought um and like maybe Three or four days before the contest goes on, I just run through everything i don 't really sit down and pick things apart. I just am really rehearsing at that point
0: <clears throat> that, yeah that's pretty interesting. I mean um, so you're saying you don't actually memorize until closer to the event. Is that what you said or did i did I yeah. miss that okay. yeah. it, sounds,
2: it sounds like by that time you've already memorized and you just haven't put any conscious thought to memorize yeah
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I guess that's a way of looking at it. I think not memorizing too soon is um, is something I would highly recommend. Um, I think sometimes, you know, let's say we're going to compete in six weeks and you're like, OMG, I have to have this memorized at least four weeks before or else I'll never do well. And so then you memorize it really, really soon. Um, and then, you, you, you know, in, in rushing that part of it, you embed so many bad habits in it that it kind of <clears> – <throat> you know, it ends up, it ends up yeah. turning into I, I, a th- I think that's
2: a key point too. I think, you know, I think, you know, you have to let it grow organically, right? It's like anything else you, you know, you tend to, like, I know I'm, I'm always, you know, learning tunes and it just sort of, you know, at some point you just stop looking at the music, you know, and it's not a conscious thing. It's not a, uh, you know, a deliberate thing. You just, you just don't
0: need it anymore. Can I, can you know? If I ask you yeah. Um, Pat's got a question. I just, it's interesting to hear you say that because I'm one of those people, as I said, who begins to learn the music and get it all memorized early. And are you saying that you, what, you, what you want to do is not memorize it early and work with the music almost right up until the competition? Um, yeah. I, th- I think that, um, we're, yes, that's kind of what we're saying. I mean, I think there's a point where the music's got to be memorized, but I think, um, uh, I think that if you allow your, yourself enough time to really play Um, and it's not necessarily that you're relying entirely on the piece of music, but uh, for me, I've got a little music stand that I have going when I practice for some of the newer material and I make sure it's sitting there just in case I need it um, rather than, um, rather than not having it there. Just because sometimes you just got to play something a bunch of times and eventually it just starts coming out naturally does that become a crutch though? I mean, that's to have the music in front of you. I think it does. I mean, I, I think that's, um, it, it can become a crutch. Um, but at the same time, you're going to have to play in public without it at some point. So I think that, um, at least for me to just have it there is helpful. Yeah,
2: I, I, think, I think those are skills that come at that build too over time. I and mean, I think you know, the more time you spend unconsciously trying to do that, memorize stuff, you know the more you're sort of getting in the way of your natural abilities to do it. You know, you're uh, you should just sort of let your skills build that way. And pretty soon you'll just be doing it without thinking about it. You'll just be using the music and then you won't be using the music. Either. You know, or you'll be, suddenly you'll realize you're not looking at the music anymore. You're thinking about other things. You're thinking about, you know, the second part and how to phrase it and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, and suddenly you realize, Oh, I, I know this. I got it. <laughs> you know, I don't have to use the music.
0: I think that's a, uh, I think that's an excellent point, Mary is, you know, don't rush the memorization part um you know uh learn to play it really awesome first and then start to wean yourself off the music i think that's that's really good um uh, okay mary so um anything else
3: um just to add on to the point that you were saying about memorizing music too too soon i think you you start to think about it at least i found that when I started memorizing things too soon that I started to think about things that um, say, oh, well, I need to, I need to hold this note in this part, or um, I didn't quite hit that, hit that doubling clean. And it, it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy for me as I'm playing and I'm just reinforcing the mistake. So I think, again, that's why it's, it's important not
0: to rush the memorization process. Cool. I want to bring on uh we'll have Marilyn Neenart here from upstate New York here. Hey,
1: Marilyn, how's it going? Anybody? Anybody out there? Marilyn, either. Not going to happen. Well,
0: her microphone's unmuted, just in case. Um, <clears throat> she does have her hand raised. But she's also got that little exclamation point suggesting that perhaps she's not really paying attention. But that's okay. So, mm-hmm. um... <clears throat>
2: So what about the what about the lead up? You know, so you know if you're not memorized. So this is off season stuff. So, but now the season's in full gear, you know, and you've got contests, you know, twice a month that you're trying to hit. Um, you know, how do you prepare leading up to those things? How do
1: you, how do you get yourself in the best fighting shape you can be? Um,
0: well, I can tell you what I would do. Um, I have, you know, one of the things. <clears throat> If you're playing a hide bag, which generally speaking I like to play, uh, you've got to make sure not to soak yourself before the contest. So the day directly before the contest is a light practice uh, to keep some moisture going through the pipe yes, you know to uh, uh you know to keep the hands going yes, but really um, the day before the contest needs to be a light day this is this is uh definitely speaking with the solos. Uh, not necessarily with the band, although not overplaying with the band as well, the day before is good um, the Now two days before is when I would have the last mega practice session, and I also might that might be the last time where I do some recording and just listen for any last minute tweaks that I might do uh, but other than that, so three days out and beyond uh, i 'm just running through the material. Try not to be, um, you know, trying to focus on the music-making aspect of it. Trying not to dwell on any technical problems that may still exist. Um, here's Marilyn typing in because I guess her microphone isn't working quite right. She yeah, I, says, yeah, I, "I think
2: that's a, that's a pretty good plan. I think I like that. I like that too. Where, you know, you get to realize. You, and again, it's, a, it's, a, it's essential to know what your bag type does. You know, how, to, how it behaves, and you know." Well, you don't want to make sure it's taxed by the time you show up on you because the weather being what it is could be anything. It could be broiling hot or pissing rain, you know?
0: Yeah. But that, that, that being said, um, a great idea, which is definitely something I do with the band, not necessarily with solos, although a little bit is, um, within, within three or four days, you have a, you should have a pretty good idea of what the forecast is going to look like. Um, and, and you should make adjustments accordingly. For example, if it's going to be a really extremely hot day, which is pretty common here in our part of the world, if you see that the temperature is going to be 100 degrees and extremely humid, uh, you can make adjustments to your pipe accordingly, uh, which I definitely do. For example, you might want to raise your reed a little bit uh, to keep your high hand from skyrocketing through the roof pitch-wise. You may even want to take your water trap out um, because the You're going to want that added moisture in your bagpipe to help keep things moderately, um, you know, moderately stable. Food for thought, especially for more advanced players. Um, Have a look at the forecast. You think it really gets gets that hot where you need to do something like that around here? Definitely 100%. Um, You know, especially having judged uh, quite a few contests in the heat. Uh, you know, one of the biggest problems is that the it's so hot. And think about it. When you're practicing during the summer, you're practicing in a room-temperature house, generally speaking. Maybe some of us practice outdoors, but if we do, it's in the shade. Yet, uh, a lot of times, you end up stuck in the sun. And uh, that's a big, that's a culture shock there for your, for your bagpipe, something that's not used to. Um, if I know I'm going to be playing in the bright, hot sun, and this is, generally speaking, um, professional piping contests are usually in like a nice primo shaded spot. But um, if I knew I was going to be playing in the sun, I would definitely be setting up my pipes to sound good in the sun.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I typically do the
2: same thing. Too. Like meeting up to games, I'll typically play outside, you know, if the weather is cooperating, um, knowing full well that it's, you know, it's July and it's, or August and it's going to be, you know, 90 degrees by nine o'clock and it's a uh, you know you want to make sure your instrument is equalized to the to the conditions that they're going
1: to be in for the most of that day yeah that's a big thing um definitely a big issue about what I mean, just where she was talking about her different type the way she prepares
0: okay yeah so Marilyn typed us in here To prepare. This is Marilyn. I have copies of my music all over, which is kind of, it's a really good idea. I definitely get, I got the p all over the wall uh, when it's, uh, you know, when I'm preparing a whole bunch of new tunes. My office wall, in my purse, in my pipe bag. Um, Here's here's another good one, which I often recommend is, especially those in grade four uh, or maybe grade three as well, um, when you play shorter events, like just a march by itself, or uh a stress reel by itself, or I guess they don't do ground of a P-rock anymore, <clears throat> but uh, to practice in short bursts. Um, so instead of one hour from five to six every day, uh, you know, play for 20 minutes at a time. Because if you think about it, when you compete at the games, um, you're not playing your pipes for an hour straight um instead, you're, maybe you're doing two or three events during the day that are shorter, which require a shorter turn-up time. So um, you can use shorter bursts, so you basically get three solid practice sessions in during a day instead of just one. Um, and you're also, you know, you aren't driving yourself crazy by playing your 2-4 march 14 times in the span of an hour. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, you could play it maybe twice um, during each of the 20-minute sessions. It's a little bit easier to avoid boredom, Uh, which, frankly, uh, especially once you've been, if you work really hard on your solo stuff, it can get boring. So I recommend uh, inventing ways to keep yourself interested. So thanks for typing that in, Marilyn. She also mentions that holding your pipes over your shoulder in the rain is perhaps a bad idea. Um, Because, yes, the rain definitely gets in there. And causes your reeds to get wet. If
2: possible, don't even. You don't even want to be in that position. Just get underneath and. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's very good. Well, it's now eight o'clock, and so if anyone has any more hands, go ahead and raise them, and we'll take some last questions. But otherwise, I, I, I see fit.
2: Yeah, I, I think we could, for the end here, we should we should ask the question, and Pat sent the question to everybody. I mean, is there a way that we can make solo competition more enjoyable? I mean, what are the kinds of things? You know, we've talked about nerves, and we've talked about you know um, just these, you know the rigor of it all. Um, but are, are there ways to alleviate that and make it even more enjoyable than maybe some of us find it? I mean, it can be a grind sometimes.
1: So are there ways to actually make it better?
0: Uh, yeah, Marilyn actually just typed this in, which is exactly what I was about to say. Which is the number one thing uh, that is the number one most fun thing about competing. And I mean this locally and also internationally. If you ever get a chance to go play in Scotland or something, uh, it's all about making friends with the people you're competing with and sharing your experience and cracking jokes and killing time. Uh, for me, that's, that's the number one thing is um, getting to know people. I know, especially locally, uh, Erica, Lett, and I, we always grind each other and, and pick on each other and give each other crap if we screw up uh which, you know, for us, because we're sarcastic guys is a lot of fun and uh <clears>
2: that happens too often then you then
1: you'd like to admit?
0: Yeah, well you know. Um I, he, he's a he's he's still got a ways to go old all, all that, you know. I, I you know, whenever he gets too out of out of hand I remind him, you know I, I remind him of my winning percentage over him and uh, you know. Goes pretty well for me at the moment, although anything could happen in the future. So uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, uh, it's a lot of fun, and and developing different different relationships with different people is really cool.
2: Um, yeah, that's. I think that's definitely a good one. I mean, you know, for me, like you know, the festivals themselves, you know, the games and the, they're, they're a lot of fun just to be at yeah, too. You know, and I think you know, trying to make them, trying to make that experience. The best it can be for you. I mean, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me. People say, there are, there are some people, and, I, and I've seen them, they just come, they show, they play, and they leave, you know? And, and and a lot of part of the fun of doing this is just being at the event and, you know, and making the friends and hanging around with people. This is one part of that, but the whole experience that you're there, you know, uh, having that stuff makes it fun.
0: And I think, for you know, me, if worst comes to worst, um, just uh, grab a six pack of Iron Brew. Uh, chug it all at once, and then spin around a hundred times and see—you know—if you can, uh, you know, not get sick. That's a great thing to do in, in between events.
1: That iron brick can be expensive
2: at those, those those tents. I don't know. You yeah, but
0: but when them, else you know? would you have a chance to do that? You know, that's
2: true. And eat as much flake as you can possibly buy and stuff.
0: <laughs> yep, flake bars and uh, <laughs> meat pies, and, bride, <laughs> and, meat and pie. maybe a few bridies in there.
2: That's survival food, man.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If worse comes to worse, you know, heavy-duty fried British food mixed with, (laughs) you know, mixed with bubblegum soda. It's the way to go. (laughs) Uh. Okay, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, Oops, Peter Elliott chimes in. One last thing. I think one thing to make it more enjoyable is for the organizers to put effort into the area of play. And to make it a cool place to play. That's a great point. Um, That is a great point. I agree with that. (laughs) If I may criticize my games, um, they used to have it totally perfect. It's no longer totally perfect. Still cool, but, um, yeah, the the common, the template is to cram everybody into a dust bowl, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in the blazing sun. Uh, less yeah, I less fell than in a hole
2: during my pee at the Altamont games one year It was not fun.
0: Yeah, but they used <laughs> to have it all along the edge of the track, at different locations, yeah, and, and, and it, it was, was very private. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, and it was very cool. Um, Loon Mountain Games is another place, um, <laughs> and, and Peter Peter says sometimes the dogs get a better spot, which is uh, you know uh, definitely true. Um, <clears throat>
1: This was my
2: first time this year yeah Loom Mountain' is definitely a nice place, and they have a nice solo grove there. It's a bit of a hike because it's on a hill, so it's like you're climbing around but cool.
0: it is pretty cool and and I think uh um uh fair hill is a good is a good game is, or did I say yeah, fair hill no, I, I mean, meant Round Hill Round, hill, yeah. Round Hill's great they're set up in kind of like one of those frisbee parks with you know different stations for people to play and uh uh I think that would be enjoyable. And uh,
2: I don't know, perhaps. Yeah, I think you get a bigger crowd around all these solo events as well. You know, you have more people. I mean, I know Fair Hill, um, you know, because the, sol- the solos are essentially in the mix of the entire festival. And uh, and because of that, you have everybody hanging around watching, you know, all kinds of people just stop and watch.
1: It's an
2: interesting and, question. Uh, there's always a decent crowd around almost every table. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah.
0: um well i think uh i think we should call it in there vin what do you say
1: i say that's a good idea it's a a good session
0: but uh thanks everybody for their participation and and that was a really cool chat what do we have on the slate next week Vin? next
2: week i think i think we're 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 trying to fill in i think we're we're both uh we have scheduling conflicts don't we
0: no next week's good next week's the is a good week and the week after that we may have a scheduling thing Uh um but, uh, so we don't know what we're talking about next week, but stay, stay tuned. stay tuned, nothing official.
2: Anything. Dot com for more news.
0: Yeah. And also, um, email us, uh, my email is Andrew at Piper's If you have any really awesome ideas uh, for shows, let us know. And, uh, most of the time we have some idea, but this week, not necessarily. So anyways, thanks very much. Uh, I'm going to play some more music as people leave, but uh, thanks very much for joining us. Stay tuned for the podcast, which will be available uh, probably tomorrow around midday. Um, bye
1: for now, everybody. Have a good night all.